Galen? 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 Man, he disappears right when you're about to talk about metal bands. Eh, he's lost. Uh, yeah. Uh, wanna do the intro? Sure, let's talk about one known band's right music for video games. Welcome to the Music Arcade. Hello everyone and welcome to an unusual episode of Music Arcade. No Galen today, but I am Ronacle and joining me is... I'm Eddie and where is Galen? Well, he's on the move between a hotel and an island or something like that. Quite literally. Yep, so he... Technically had the possibility to do a bit of recording today, but uh, when he suggested that, we uh, basically wanted to flex that we could uh, do it without him, because we mature people that take care of our friends, and sometimes when things are getting too hectic, it's nice to know that you can rely on people to keep the machine running. So, a little bit of that and a little bit of us going, hell no, that's too late for me. Fair. Now then, uh, about the topic for today. Uh, basically, we had two main options without uh, one of ma our main hosts. One is an option that somebody uh, will not have anything to say about, but Galen has a lot to say about a lot of things. Turns out that's what happens when you're a sound engineer. Uh, which leaves us with a possibility B, which is a topic that is something that we can both talk about and that has enough material that uh, we could fairly easily do a follow-up episode one of those days with uh, a different angle or more things to talk about. So that's what yeah, for, we're doing. Yeah, for both transparency, this topic, uh, I think I came up with it last year or whenever it was that uh, Microsoft announced uh, Hellblade 2. And I just went, okay, there are three big folk artists doing music for games. Now I want to talk about that. Yeah, uh, and then I was like, I'm going to hijack your topic, because it's not just folk artists. And I went, screw that, I'm going metal, because one of those games, which was my main uh, topic, hasn't been released yet, so, you know. <laughs> Imagine talking about games that haven't been released yet. Or maybe wearing shirts about games that haven't been released yet. I'm wearing a Final Fantasy XVI shirt for those that uh, listen to the audio version. Which I was is wondering most version, what... but the live recording. Yeah, I, I was wondering what what version of Final Fantasy that was. Yeah, no, it's uh, with the recently released uh, Uniqlo collection, where they surprisingly had some Final Fantasy VII in stock too. That that happens sometimes, I guess. Anyway, enough about fashion. Let's talk about music. As I said before and as we said in the intro we are going metal um first this band uh 
when I first came across them, I thought they were like just a band uh, doing their own stuff and uh, being licensed by the devs. Uh, the devs in question being Remedy Entertainment, known yes. for uh, Alan Wake Titan. Control. Uh, yeah. Yes, and, yes, um, I mix it up with uh, a game that comes after. Yes. Yeah, the Alan Wake Control guys. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to my surprise, I learned later on uh, through members of a music uh, centric Discord server that the band actually uh, they do exist in the real world, but they go by uh, poets of the fall in the real world. Uh, in the games, they go by old gods of Asgard, uh, and the mm-hmm. sound is fairly different as well. Uh, they're much more melodic in the real world. So they basically have a video game music persona. Pretty much. Uh, I think the story is that uh, in Alan Wake, there are two guys called, I think, Tyr and Odin. I might be misremembering uh, which Nordic gods they, uh, they chose. The implication in the games is that these two guys are like supernatural beings and their music itself is magical. Uh, the point where in the game control their music breaks apart the power of a, a supernatural item so you can uh, traverse a maze that you are not supposed to be able to traverse through uh, so it's it, it's an interesting take uh, yeah take. and it leads to probably one of if not the best sequence in the game as you just in a pretty chill uh, game with some intense moment but nothing too prolonged where you have a purely prolonged action sequence with that music blasting and it's amazing i've been meaning to talk about this for ages uh yeah first of all i already love the song take control uh but the ashtray maze is incredible it uh it pretty much picks uh parts of uh, different parts of the song to play at different areas of the maze and it adapts according to how fast you're going and moves between those those uh, moments. Yeah, it, uh, it doesn't just take as the possible. Track. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. just take the track seamlessly. It uh, and as a whole, it just uh, yeah, adapts. it doesn't just drop it. It it tries to to mesh it well with what you're doing. Use uh, a different phrase. It's kind of like what's happening in uh, say a killer instinct. Where yeah. you're having parts of the track uh, that are used depending on the situation and how far you're evolving, which I always like. Yeah, if I were around for the, the episode we did on uh, tracks that, that evolve, I probably would have brought this one and just cheated a little. Because uh, it's not that the, the track evolves through the maze, it's just that it plays different parts of the track at different, at different areas. I'd have uh, taken it. To my to my chagrin, I kind of blasted through the maze too quickly, so it didn't sync very well for me. But I remember uh, on a Games Done Quick event, they did a showcase with RTX on, and it synced perfectly. So uh, I can't remember oh, which no. year that it was. I think it was 2018. Oh no, poor Eddie. Boo-hoo-hoo. You are way too good at video games and can't enjoy the soundtrack properly. I'm sorry about your humble bragging. Boo-hoo. Actually, 
Actually, I, I the, the issue is that I suck at the game and I took too long gearing up to get to it. So when I got to it, I was just one-shotting things. Ah, yes. Grinding, then. Yeah, I'm, I'm horrible at gaming. Like, let it be known, I'm probably the worst at gaming out of all three hosts of this podcast. Uh, but yeah, the, the track itself, it's, it's some really fun, really energetic uh, metal. Uh, I don't know what subgenre of metal I would call this. Uh, so let's just go with metal. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, it's, you know, like uh, that uh, book cover identifying wood uh, with someone adding uh, under the guy uh, looking on, at wood under the microscope. Yep, it's wood. Well, yep, it's metal. Yep, definitely metal. Uh, Only the finest metal analysis in Music Arcade. I'm sure Galen won't mind this bit at all when he's editing this. Never. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the lyrics of the song are pretty much the, the plot of the game, so if you want to play Control without spoilers, don't pay too much attention to the lyrics. Uh... But the sound is sound is awesome, and it really yeah. gets you going for that uh, very action-packed sequence. Yeah, remember we had a similar situation in uh, a little indie game you probably never heard talk about on this podcast, named Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, in which never they, heard of it. Yep, in which they basically had uh, so much of uh, the plot of one of the expansion in the expansion's intro music. That for the initial trailers, they just garbled the lyrics. That, that's... That's special. Yeah. But I think one of the points this drive for this situation with Take Control is that uh, it shows that it, it's uh, clearly something that has been made for this game. Yeah. Uh, also... Control doesn't suffer from what uh, Final Fantasy XIV suffered because the sequence with the ashtray maze is near the end game, so you already know pretty much ninety percent of the details uh, yes. that they sing about. Also um, true. And incidentally, a cool part of of that game, um, when you finish this maze, the song ends, and Jesse Faden, the main character, takes the headphones off and goes, "That was awesome!" And I was just like, "Yes, it was." I don't know if I like that part of the sequence because if something happens that it's and it's awesome, I can state it without the character stating it for me. Yeah, it is a bit too uh, a bit too matter, a bit too matter. Incidentally, they in one of the DLCs they have a mission where. you discover a supernatural camera where everything turns into an 80s action flick and there's a synthwave synthwave track playing in the background for that sequence uh so remedy does love to play with music in this in this game that sequence does not have jesse going this was awesome or whatever uh so wow. maybe they learned their lesson or something wow 80s style synthwave tracks couldn't be something I listen to on occasion in some games. Anyway, let's talk about Outline Miami. Uh, no synthwave to be found here. Look, if you're going to mention that genre when you know that's the game that's coming up next, I'm going to aggressively force a transition. I mean, I didn't have much else to say either, though. So. <laughs> anyway, Outline Miami. 
Uh, I think it's important to mention this game because, uh, well, first things first, it was one of the big uh, early indie hits. Uh, essentially, Devolver Digital was built out of the back of the success of this game. And I mean, even the soundtrack, it kind of came out right when Synthwave was getting very big again. Yeah, exactly, when it was kind of uh, shedding its skin as a bit of a meme status, uh, vaporwave in particular, uh, which is not the same, but tangentially related, and let's not get into genre arguments. Yep, it's metal. Yep, it's something wave. Everybody on the same page? Everybody on the same page. Good. It is op open brackets, noun, close brackets, wave. Exactly. So, uh, moment. I should update the topic when we are talking about the topic. <clears throat> I love you. Don't you French me or I'll Portuguese you. I would love to hear that, but not during the podcast. After doing some research. <laughs> uh, so, uh, where was I? I think we're about to talk about the song proper. Yes. So, uh, that track, Paris by Moon, with dots M-O-O-N, if you want to be particular about it. Uh, and on top of being very good in itself, I think what uh, this track kind of uh, represents for me is how much uh, the game's identity is uh, resting on that soundtrack, even though it's not a situation where the soundtrack is uh, made for the game in particular. Instead, it's kind of like uh, kind of like uh, the uh, team that make Hotline Miami design a game that would work as a song music video. Well, music video game, and uh, it just happened to also be a very good game. Uh, incidentally, as a coincidence, um, earlier today I was sharing a song from the band that actually inspired this uh, this topic, which is uh, High Long. Uh, yeah. They're working on Hellblade Two, and uh, off screen uh, in a, our Discord chat. Galen mentioned the, the song gave him a vibe and that he was thinking this would be great music for a game. That was the exact same thing I felt listening to this Hotline Miami track. I was just hearing yeah. to it and I, I went, yeah, I, I can see why it's in a game. This is yeah, very it's much... Yeah, it's the perfect music pace for just breaking a door, punching a guy, taking his gun, shooting a guy on the other end of the room, and then punching the guy that's already down to that. Does make you wonder why it's named Paris. That I'm not sure. It's, uh... And, like, there's something to be said about, uh, 
having the right eye or the right ear for uh, composition, but also for selection. And uh, the fact that it fits like a glove that much isn't just uh, somebody that got lucky. It takes uh, effort to be able to uh, match the game to the track that much, given that it doesn't have any of that uh, evolutive uh, situation where you can slow it down for this sequence. It just runs at its pace, loops, and ends when you're leaving the level. Oh, well, for this case, when you're ending the level by uh, punching the last guy to death. And the song isn't even particularly fast-paced, which is something you would expect from a game like Hotline Miami, where you're constantly shooting uh, enemies all the time. Uh, it kind of makes me wonder if maybe the title Paris might be something to do with fashion shows or whatever, because it does feel like a track that would work on a catwalk as well. For some reason, if it's both a catwalk and a murder hobo simulator game. Yeah, so what you're saying is that it would work for the uh, French level, the Paris level of Hitman 3. Honestly, it would. It probably would. Because there is a catwalk in there, and you certainly murder a lot of people. And it would be much less annoying than the actual song that plays in the catwalk in that level. Yeah. I don't know what it is, so I'm going to trust your instinct on that I'll just say it's way too loud. It gets annoying fast. At least it covers the sound of murder. Well, Paris, in this situation, elevates the sound of murder in a way. Like, honestly, having listened to it on its own, and uh, having listened to it a lot, just dying and retrain the level, uh, well, one of the levels it was in, there's almost uh, are percussive elements to the gunshot and the door breaking that uh, feels almost natural a part of the soundtrack. Happens a lot in rhythm games too when you have uh, some drums or something that confirms a note. When you take those away and listen to the music on its own, sometimes there's a bit of a transition period. And the yeah, fact I that see. I can... Yeah, and the fact that I can compare Heartland Miami, a very gameplay-driven experience, to a rhythm game, again says a lot about how fitting the music is to the game or the game is to the music. Yeah, I, I can really see where you're coming from. Uh, the game, the, the song, rather, uh, it's not that it's particularly sparse, but it does have a lot of... Um, room to breathe let's say where you could yeah. add those it, those sounds from the game and it would uh, feel like it's just part of the same thing yeah it has those breaks and honestly given that how you actually play the game a lot of time uh before you can like speed run for everything uh is uh, okay you go through uh, uh, a door you do your thing and then you take a moment and you watch and plan what you're going to do next. Which is why those breaks work very well there. Unlike, say, a game that's very similar, that's called Anger Foot, in uh, which you 
can't really see through the door because it's in first person, a first person. So you just go kick and do whatever you can uh, in this situation, which is why for Anger Fruit, they play uh, essentially hardbacks. Here, given that you have this possibility of reflection, of planning your next move, uh, of planning your next move, having those uh, slower times, even if Galen doesn't really like the uh, stop and go style, I think it's fitting. And he's not here to contradict me, so that means I'm objectively right. He's not here to complain today. Yay. No, no. We love you, Gale. Let's move on to the next track. Yeah, this this one was a bit of a surprise when uh, it was first got uh, announced, and it was another one of the the bands that uh, first inspired this this topic. It's a band called The Who, uh, spelled H-U. It's uh this one is a metal band that I can pinpoint the subgenre. They're a folk metal band. Um not to be confused with the uh psychedelic rock band The Who from a while back. Of course. Uh, they I don't know why they went with similar sounding names, but that's that's a, a matter for another time. Um they kind of made the rounds uh Back in 2018, they first uh, dropped uh, two singles, um, and then EA was making uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and went, wait, we like that, that sounds exotic, we want you to sound exotic in our game. Uh, so they made a song that uh, is pretty much the same style as, uh, as the band's usual material, but... Yeah. Uh, as right. is to be expected from Star Wars, it's not in Mongolian as opposed to their actual music. This one is in a made-up alien language, I believe. Yeah, but even with that, uh, you can definitely draw a straight line between uh, the Fallen Order songs and uh, what they've done before. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the same sound. Like, not I don't want to just throw them under the buzz or anything. It is a new song. It is its own song, but it's very much their sound. It's not not yeah, like exactly. the, the previous band, uh, Poets of the Fall, who become completely different as Old Gods of Asgard. Here it's, yeah. it's the who. Yeah, very much. And I think that's uh, in line with what you said about EA basically saying, you know, that thing you did, we want that. So they asked for that and they got that. Pretty much. It makes perfect uh, sense. Yeah. And it plays in a... Uh, the game is generally more of a Metroidvania-ish uh, kind of game. But uh, there's one, one area, uh, because of story reasons, you get thrown in, uh, in an arena, a closed space. You're fighting waves of enemies. There's not much room to breathe. And there's a metal track. Makes perfect sense. Well, the the rest of the the game is mostly just orchestral stuff, as one would expect from a Star Wars game. Yeah, and and I I think it was enough of a hit with with fans uh 
that something similar was done with uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Uh, I cannot tell whether the song used there is and at all related to uh, The Who, but there is at least one sequence that I've come across in Lego Star Wars where they play something that it sounds like folk metal with Mongolian throat singing. Uh, so I... it's kind of becoming a thing of the franchise now. I unfortunately cannot tell, I haven't played that LEGO Star Wars yet, but I certainly want to because it looks pretty nice. Uh, I would say it, it's fun, though it, the, the story mode does get repetitive. Yeah, and uh, honestly, regarding uh, Star Wars uh, as a video game franchise as a whole, I think we've already evoked that before, but... Uh, those uh, other soundtracks are at their best where they're not trying to be John Williams and fading at it. Unless they are literally John Williams like in the Battlefront series. Yeah, but uh, what I'm talking about is uh, the other situations. Uh, Basically, I like the ones that have their own musical identity. That's why, the, uh, to take a series example rather than a game example, the Mandalorian series works so well because it takes its own kind of alien westernish uh, sound and makes it work for the purposes of the tone of the stories it wants to tell, except when it doesn't want to tell it. Looking at you, Book of Boba Fett. Boy, I'm annoyed by that series so much. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this game as a whole it doesn't really have its own unique sound identity, I'd say. It sounds very much like a Star Wars game where you play as a young Jedi. Uh, but there is at least this moment, which is pretty cool. Uh, when that song... It really blasts you uh, because you are in an arena. It's a really cool moment and not something you usually expect from a Star Wars game. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of uh, arenas full of enemies that you brutally massacre... I see what you did there. What, I mean, what you did there. I mean, it's not that brutal in Star Wars, but brutality kind of is the point of Mad World. Which was, I think, the first game of uh, Platinum under that name. I think. It even has a chains, a bloody chainsaw on the on the logo. So that's that's when you know it's gonna get, gonna get violent, even if it really has only three colors. Well, uh, four actually. There's a bit of yellow. Fair. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, you gotta work with the Wii limitations. But yeah, Mad World, uh, basically an ultra-violent death game uh, for a Nintendo consoles, because uh, they have to show it's not just Mario and, and uh, happiness and laughter. As and, someone uh, who grew up on the uh, SNES days of Nintendo of America's uh, censorship, it is wild to think that Mad World is uh, a Nintendo exclusive, pretty much. Yeah. And I kinda love it for it. Even Anarchy Reigns, which is its uh, sequel slash spiritual-ish sequel, came out on PC eventually. 
and uh, it certainly has a similar soundtrack to Mad World, which is the one we're going to talk about because, uh, boy, is that soundtrack notable as well. Essentially, what's happening in the game is that you're going through uh, levels in order to uh, accrue a certain amount of score by not only killing and killing a lot, but killing spectacularly. Many games included. And uh, once you have enough points, you get to the boss sequence, which is, I'd say, the meat of the game. The scoring part is the potato, for those that are following this metaphor. And so, uh, during the scoring parts, uh, you get an instrumental version of uh, a song, and then during the boss sequence you get that song, but this time with lyrics. It's kind of like how they worked in the boss sequences in uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, except on a broader scale. I, I just watched uh, Jacob Geller's video on Metal Gear Rising, and I was just thinking, it's like that. Like, uh, the game can't contain how cool it gets, so it needs lyrics now. O only the instrumentation can't, can't cut it. Exactly. Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not quite on that level, they were still fighting their footing, but you can definitely see the line and the, the line of thought going from Mad World having the boss sequence being a variation of a song you're already familiar with, but that escalates, and uh, what's happening in Vengeance. And for, as for the type of songs themselves, um, honestly, you get that uh, ultraviolence kind of uh, setting. It's basically walking on blood and gore and spikes and arm chainsaws. And uh, so there's this excessive grit that is uh, played out by some very punchy songs. Uh, you've got uh, a little bit of metal here and a lot of uh, rap, which prompted them to uh, take already established artists. In the situation for this track come with it, Doja Rays. Uh, warning, by the way, if you're going to listen to the track along or alongside or after the episode. Uh, the lyrics are not exactly um, all public. I was about to say we try to keep the podcast PG or PG-13. Yeah. The, the song, song does not. not try that. It, it does, yes. It does not, not the care. Game for that matter. I mean, it, it has you playing human dartboard with... Uh, uh, but with nails, as a distraction. I would, uh, uh, I would quote part of the lyrics to the song if I wanted to be mean to Galen because he would have to bleep half of it. No, oh, yeah, um, no, like, yeah. But yeah, it, it's actually a fun track. Uh, I'm not usually uh, a rap guy. Uh, shocking, I know. Uh, but this dude has a really cool flow. I wasn't familiar with uh, Doja Race before. Yeah, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong, I am white too, 
But uh, <laughs> that's a way of putting it. Yes. I mean, yeah, it is. Uh, but I think from the three main roles, I'm the one that's a bit more. Uh, yeah, sure, I'll listen to that. I won't necessarily go towards them, but I like a lot of the good tracks I listen to. And uh, this one was kind of one of my entry points uh, that uh, kind of told me that uh, it doesn't have to be uh, the metalheads or the rap people. You can like multiple things. And I'm, isn't I'm it so nice? White. I'm so white that I got into, into rap music through Macklemore, so sorry. <laughs> I mean, at least it's not Eminem. He had a good face in the way back years. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, isn't it nice that uh, an ultraviolent death game can bring uh, different types of taste together so harmoniously? The harmony of murder. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, when you're going through a mid-grinder, no matter what you listen to, you are wet-faced. Yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much. And on that note... Um, yeah. And now for something completely different. Yeah, I mean, uh, you did uh, bring up some songs by a band mentioned Asgard, so you wouldn't be the kind of gay to bring some Nordic folk metal once again. Well, or Nordic folk songs, I suppose. That's not metal. Anyway, you you go for it. You go for it. The ground is yours. Yeah, so... <clears throat> Nordic folk. Um, we, we've talked before about a game called um, Kingdom Two Crowns. And as we've mentioned in a previous episode about our... Uh, Oracle Powers, on the week we released that episode, they announced the Norse Lands uh, expansion. And as it turns out, that expansion has a soundtrack by an established uh, Nordic folk uh, band called Kalandra. Uh, I, I am sure that's not how it's pronounced in Norwegian, but uh, whatever. And, I uh, should ask people from my F14 uh, uh, free company. A lot of them are from uh, the Scandinavian area. I'd imagine it's probably something like Calandra or something like like that. Sure, let's go for it. Yeah. Uh, the, the song in question, actually, they, they did the entire soundtrack for the DLC, but uh, ah. the song in question that we've brought uh, on our playlist and uh, that I brought up to talk about is one that... Uh, here's, here's my best attempt at pronouncing it. Uh, Murkis Kuger? Something like that. Uh, supposedly it means Dark Forest. Which that fits was the game. a variant effort. I, I, I try my best. Even with French, though. I suck at French. Um, at least it's not a Romanian. Hey, hey. Uh, but yeah, this, uh, this band is actually uh, already a pretty... Uh, I would say minimalistic uh, band for their style. Uh, usually with Nordic folk, you see a lot of uh some uh unexpected instruments maybe things uh 
brought from like history books as historical instruments. Yeah, uh, like it's it's folk. It's definitely folk, but at the same time, it's not. Uh, oh, hey, uh, literally uh, people from uh, one thousand three hundred years ago playing around a campfire. Folk. I mean, as a comparison, I mentioned Heilong just just ago, uh, and Heilong is known for having like a ton of instruments and they make sounds with spears and shields and they have three singers one of them does growls Calandra isn't like that uh, they have uh, an acoustic guitar I think they have an electric bass guitar um, they have uh, I don't know the name of the instrument it's a, a bowed uh, string instrument from uh, Scandinavia and they have a singer and in my opinion, the strength of the band is the singer. She yes. is great at singing. I agree. And that carries a lot of weight uh, throughout the music. And, and that carry on, uh, carries on to the game too, because uh, she, she gives a really ethereal vibe to things, which really fits the aesthetic of the game. You wouldn't think it would work that well with a, a 2D pixel art game, but that's Kingdom to Crowns for you. Yeah, especially since uh, a lot of the other biomes uh, I know of uh, have this very subdued soundtrack. So bringing somebody from the outside uh, that makes songs that by definition stand on their own can feel a little bit of a strange pick, but uh, then I listened to what I did before with the tracks you put uh, in our preparatory playlist, as an example, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. It's present, but it's also ethereal. It it's very calming, I would say, very zen, so to speak, and it's uh, unexpected to see uh, an indie game having an established. Bike. Bike. That's a loud one. Wow. I think it's gone now. It's very uh, unexpected to see an indie game have uh, an established uh, band compose for their soundtrack. Uh, it's not like oh, you oh, can so easily was, afford uh, those bands. So that was specifically made for the game then? Yeah, they, they made the entire soundtrack, and there's two music videos for uh, songs they made for the game. I think one of them might be just for the trailer, because it has a lyrics, and if you've played Kingdom 2 Crowns, you know that the lyrics don't... S music with lyrics doesn't really fit very well with the, game, the game's vibe, but this one, I believe, yeah. plays when you're in the forest, and it's getting darker. Yeah, like, for that game's vibe, vocals, perfectly fine. Lyrics, I'm having doubts. Yeah, it's way too minimalistic of a game for that to, to work well. But uh, I believe that was a promotional single, though it is on the official soundtrack. I can't remember the name, but this track, specifically, uh, it is in-game, actually. Um, and they did the entire soundtrack, similar style, of course, different vibes, depending on the biome and whether it's day or night, um, but it's it's very much this um, ethereal, minimalistic style. 
the the music video for this uh for this track in particular has them it's just them recording the actual track and the dude on the bass is playing an electric bass with a bow that seems like a cello bow to me uh so like it. it's it's that sort of stuff it's like uh, it's it's music for people who who dig uh who dig geography pretty much who were into geography and history nerds yes like me yeah glad we've uh we've cleared that up <laughs> and uh not to repeat myself but um now for something completely different yeah uh you have uh, this very chill pace uh, for uh, kingdom to crowns uh, very uh, deliberate even though the time never stops there are day phases where you're relatively quiet and you can gather your thought about after some uh, hectic night and then you have neon white which is a very recent release and uh, honestly one of the reasons why we're also doing this episode now uh because uh well because that soundtrack is very good and that game is very good too honestly i don't need any other reason fight me we've never needed other reasons for our episodes exactly i knew you'd get it uh so for those who don't know the principle of neon white is that you are essentially in the afterlife people that die in Migor's edge get to and uh, through those slick landscape you go through uh, level design killing every single demon which activates the end of the level that takes generally uh, around uh, 20 seconds, uh, one minute maybe. There's uh, 10 successive levels like that. And when you finish one of those levels, you uh, then uh, have a time and learn that somehow uh, from those uh, 20 seconds you did the leveling, you could have somehow shaved off seven of them. And then the game teaches you how to do it better and faster using hints and uh, clever placement and it's basically a game that turns you into a speedrunner of its own game it's i was gonna say it 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 sounds like a speedrunning tutorial in the shape of a game yeah pretty much uh there's global leaderboards and the devs are actively sharing sharing videos of uh, top tens or first clears and uh, it's very good at what it does and people look at it and think it's like uh, just a shooter or something no or since the weapons that are also mobility options are represented by cards they think it's like a slade spire and no it's uh, if anything the game it's the closest to is uh, Trackmania. Yeah, I was I was checking the the trailer. It uh, feels a lot like uh, what if RoboQuest, but you can drop your weapons for a temporary boost. Uh, 
Uh, well, that depends on the weapon in question. There's uh, the handgun that gives you a second jump, or a third or a fourth, etc. An extra jump. Uh, there's uh, the rifle that lets you dash directly through, and during that dash you're invincible. Then you have things like uh, specific enemies you can bounce off that are part of the level design. Uh, further to the end, you have directional firing dashes, and uh, you have a rocket launcher you can use to rocket jump, but also can discard for a long-distance grappling hook. I and cannot yes, it... possibly imagine why people have been driven to speedrun this. It's a game that manages through its level design, its construction, its polish, and its optimization. Optimization strong enough it runs well on the Switch. Uh, it manages to be exactly as cool as it sounds. I'm... <laughs> Kind of surprised the the whole game mechanic slash gimmick with the card thing doesn't get too clunky, because it feels like it would be something where you'd get lost with the cards very yeah, easily. Yeah, but yeah, but they're doing two very clever things with that. One, they kept your different types of cards at two, so like if you have a gun and a, a rifle. And that you pick an Uzi, which lets you stomp down, basically. Uh, you automatically discard a uh, weapon you don't have selected. And when you pick up a card that's a different weapon, you automatically switch to that weapon. And the levels are designed with that in mind. For instance, if the level has you pick up a gun and then a rifle, given that the rifle comes last, it means that you probably are expected to dash and then air jump. Sounds neat. It is very neat. Now, to get back to the music, uh, what's happening there is that uh, the composer named Machine Girl, which I believe is from New York, uh, has done a lot of nice electro stuff. And... Uh, uh, this is her first uh, time working for a video game, and clearly there was a lot of communication between her and her clients, because, uh, oh, uh, correct. And so there was uh, clearly a lot of communication between uh, Machine Girl and uh, the clients, because... Uh, uh, the game's principle means that uh, there's a lot of time where you're going to repeat the same level again and again in order to perfect your times, which means something that shouldn't um, get old too quick. But at the you, same you, time... But yeah, you, you don't want the soundtrack to become stale if you're gonna play the same level over and over again. Exactly. Especially since the, the uh, track is shared among the uh, series of 10 levels and goes uninterrupted through repeats and changing from level, one level to the next, and so on. And uh, so there's that aspect, but there's also that I expect that kind of instinctively contrary that it should motivate you to, well, go fast. 
because that's a lot of what the game's about. This this track definitely does that. It it, it sort of starts a bit slow, and it does that uh, start stop thing that Galen hates again. Uh, but it does yeah. get going after after I'd say twenty or so seconds. Yeah, and like I don't think the soundtrack would work without those kind of uh, start stop or more accurately those sharp turns because the way essentially it all ties together is by having tracks with a lot of uh, different musical phrases that are inter interconnected. There's mm -hmm. definitely a through line, but there's no refrain. Because if there was a refrain, you'd spot the refrain very easily and you'd start to get sick of it after a while. Yeah, that sounds fair. Uh, I'd say the song is not quite my my style, uh, but it has has some really really neat moments, uh, and I can see how it would feel great playing to this in the background. Though it's not yeah. something I would go out of my way to find it on Spotify or whatever. Which uh, it is on, by the way. Uh... Thank God. We don't want to do a second episode of we want to listen to video game music, please put it on streaming. We already did one episode of like that. <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely something that's uh, well requested. And honestly, for our first time uh, doing a video game soundtrack, that was a home run, which shows uh, both a talent on part of the artist, but also uh, like I said before, great communication between uh, the rest of the game team and the composer. Especially since uh, not all the soundtrack is like that. Uh, the artist Machine Girl also made uh, the chiller tracks that are for things like the story moments and uh, when you're hanging out at the bar and the those uh, side activities uh, that let you uh, immerse yourself a little bit in the story and uh, that are mostly there to give you something to cool down a little bit before going back to a series of 10 le fast levels. So yeah, I might need to, to uh, track the soundtrack uh, out on the... check it out on, on Spotify because that sounds interesting. Might yeah, not be like, something I'll listen to on the long on long term, but sounds interesting to 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 give a, a listen at least once. And I've separated them into uh, two sub albums. So you have the first part, uh, which I don't remember the name of, but that's all the level tracks, so all the tracks that go fast. And the other uh, album, the band that cues which is uh, only the parts of the story tracks and the, the uh, events and the hub, etc. That's a lot of tracks. I'm checking the track list. It's like 33 tracks on one of them and uh, 18 on the other. Uh, all by the not, same the same duo. That's that's a lot. They're not messing around. You don't usually see 
soundtracks this this big uh, for indie games. Yeah, especially, especially for not... gameplay driven game. Yeah, and even more so an indie game that has an established artist uh, doing the soundtrack for them, which, as well, we've just mentioned, is not something you see that often. Admittedly, it's uh, indie, sure, but it's not exactly the first well-known game. Uh, it's by the people who made uh, Donut County, for instance. And published by Annapurna Interactive. Yeah, An Annapurna does usually work with uh, big-name uh, game directors. Yeah. And uh, turns out they make good games. Uh, anyway, uh, that was pretty regular. Now let's get weird. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have some explaining to do for me on this one. I mean, it's a track by an in-universe artist named the Chowder Man that says, "I am the Chowder Man," with "I am the Chowder Man" as its refrain. What is there to understand? He is the Chowder Man. When I first checked this, this track, the vibe I got was that it was a Kid Rock parody. Though it sounds much better than every single Kid Rock song. Uh, what tipped you off to that? Was it the eagle with uh, an automatic rifle? Of a big motor car with a bikini babe on it? Or the waving American flag? I think it might have been the white dude rapping over guitars with a cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah. The MV is uh, a wonderful piece too. It, it's it's a special music video. Yes. And uh, anyway, that's uh, for a game named Hypnospace Outlaw. The idea is that uh, it's in an alternate universe, late nineties, early two thousand, uh, internet powered by dreams. So, uh -huh. and you are working as a, a moderator, trying to find banable offense like copyright strike in people and uh, finding people that don't use the uh, intended payment methods and uh, tracking down uh, teen harassment in Teentopia. Uh, and so the whole game has this. Uh, GeoCities uh, webpage uh, aesthetic and Angel Fire, and uh, it's very nostalgic to those uh, early internet days. And so, mm. as a result, to suit uh, the webpages, there's things like terrible animated GIFs and automatically playing songs on webpages, of which the Chowder Man is one of them. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing some screenshots, and uh, for better or worse, it does remind me a lot of my younger years. You had a blog, didn't you? Actually, no. No, I had two. Surprisingly, I I am one of those weirdos who actually only created a blog once I was grown up because I needed one for my writing gig. <laughs> no. 
this is so early 2000 it hurts yes it does and it's a good thing you know it's like oh hey i remember when i last bumped my leg at this exact spot and uh, the soundtrack is full of uh, these um, things that help kind of solidify the setting and uh, really establish that uh, uh, cheesy atmosphere, which is why you've got uh, things like that, or uh, uh, there's also an in-universe band called Seepage, which is... Uh, of uh, mandatory uh, new metal tracks providers but i picked the shoulder man because well first hot dad he was already established as making video games about uh, songs about video games uh, but also uh, because uh, he has a story arc in the game what yeah, because uh, he's got uh, his page, and uh, there's uh, this established style of the of his, but he also is trying to break into cool punk, which is a genre that's gaining popularity, and then things happen depending on the different time skips that happen in the game's uh, setting and story, and I won't spoil it, but it gets into wild places. That game's amazing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect to go anywhere but wild places. Yeah. And uh, needless to say, I am very much looking forward to Dream Settler, the somewhat recently announced spiritual sequel by the same guy, which will be more like 2004-2005 internet. So, pretty... Oh, MySpace. Mm, kinda. Basically, uh, the, uh, the main uh, internet browser icon is still looking like uh, Netscape more than anything. Remember Netscape? I'm actually young enough that I never had to use it. Wow. I, well. I am the, the baby of this podcast. You are little baby. And I'm al almost 30, so you guys are old. Yes. In any anyway, case... That, anyway, that, that whole thing does explain a lot about what the hell this thing is doing in a video game. Exactly. Because uh, the video game has uh, something to say, and uh, a way to say it that makes you check something goofier, because at the end of the day, uh, finding the right artist for the right game is uh, picking the right tool for the right job, even if the job is very wacky. If you're going to be a clone at a birthday, you want the squeaky hammer, not the one that actually drives nail in very well. That's an interesting analogy. I'm very proud of that. Anyway, since that's all I believe on the main topic, 
let's talk a bit about some games we've been playing these days. It is time for Music Arcade No Play. Well then, uh, in between the previous episode and this one, I kind of spent like two-thirds of my time too busy almost dying of a cold that comboed with my asthma, so I haven't been playing all that much. Uh, but uh, I've been playing uh -huh. a few a few little things here and there. Um, kind of been going back to Assassin's Creed Valhalla because I haven't finished the, the DLCs and I want to make my money count, so yeah, let's do I mean, that. If you play that game under 300 hours, have you even played that game? I mean, I have played it quite a bunch, but I haven't done the, the DLCs, and I paid for those DLCs, so I'm gonna finish them. Uh, and uh, I've already talked about my opinion on the game soundtrack. All I have to say is that the DLCs have an occasional track here or there, there that uh, is, is a little better, a, a bit more, more interesting than the base game, but uh, so far I've yet to find a track that is particularly memorable, which is a first in the franchise for me, sadly. Is it the same situation as in uh, Odyssey uh, and the likes where uh, the game is pretty grounded in its base game and then the DLC go wild? Uh, for one of them, yes. Uh, there's three DLCs uh, for the, the game. There's mm -hmm. the, Siege, the Siege of Paris, which is fairly grounded. And it's about the historical siege of Paris by the Vikings. There's uh, Wrath of the Druids, which has some wacky stuff here or there because it deals with uh, druidic magic. Um, and then uh -huh. the newest one, which I haven't yet played, but I did buy it, uh, came out earlier this year, is titled The Dawn of Ragnarok, where you are playing as Odin during the beginning of Ragnarok. So cool. that one might have some cool uh, songs. I haven't touched that one yet, though I do own it. Uh, right now, I finished The Siege of Paris, and that one was okay, the soundtrack. Honestly, the game was also okay for that expansion. Uh, I think it, it missed the most interesting parts of the, the base game for me. Uh, plus the history aspect, they butchered some things. Um, I'm now well, going at through... Least, at least look forward to Fimbelwinter. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, right now I'm, I'm finishing uh, Wrath of the Druids, which is a bit, a bit more interesting. Uh, I was afraid that they would do a... Based on the trailers, that they would do a whole... The Picts are evil, the Druids are evil, uh, Christianity and the Vikings are the right way to go. So far I haven't seen that yet. I hope that doesn't become a thing later on during the, the DLC. There's only one Druid game that's worth it, and I'm holding it in my hands. For those listening to this, uh, he's holding the Mystery of the Druids, which is... It's a ride. It's a point-and-click game. You should check out videos of it on YouTube. Yeah, uh... Honestly, the uh, game's cover is the most notable part of this game. But, I'd, say uh, the, I'd say the acting is very notable for being so bad it's good sometimes. Yeah, and the levitating purple guy. 
Gotta forget about that. Anyway, uh, on my end, well, I've been playing a lot of Neon White, but I've talked a bit about that, so I'm not going to double down on it. But uh, Neon White is very good. And then, uh, since uh, three days ago, uh, Fire Emblem Free uh, Hopes came out, and uh, I played the demo for 17 hours. Uh, I have now like 40 hours in the game. This game is now my life. I am oh, going back it, right? to it right after you the recording. Oh yeah, it's okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, no, it's I, just fine. Uh, all joking aside, I actually like it a lot. It's uh, fun to progress in it. The story is pretty interesting since it's an alternative timeline to uh, the game it's taken and uh, being derived from, which is Fire Emblem Three Houses. And uh, the music has a lot of those uh, tracks that are remixed with uh, some cool variations where you have uh, the main track and you're just running around murdering people by the hundreds. Uh, you have a chiller version when you're in the menus. Uh, and you have a more intense version when you are unleashing your awakening super mode and uh, murdering people even faster. As you do. Yeah. And uh, it's nice that I took those variations that were already in the game and uh, changed the pace of it to match it. Since uh, what's happening in the base game Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses is that you have uh, your map theme and it really swells up during the attack animations, which are very short. Which is why the music, if you only take the part that swells up, and that you listen to the whole track like that, it literally doesn't make sense. Because it's not made to be listened as a whole. It's made to be listened as a variation of like 10 to 15 seconds on a main thing that is actually listenable. Uh, but this time, given that the awakening mode can last quite a while, since the more you murder, the more you get murder gauge, which helps you uh, keep the awakening last longer. So they have uh, these variations that are all very listenable by themselves. They play a bit more heavy on the electric guitars because it's a missile game, or Argos game, so of course. And uh, yeah, the end result is so far very pleasant, and I'm only on main chapter 9. Of one of the three stories. So there's Good a lot Lord. of content too. Just does seem like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another game I've been I've been playing a little bit. Um it's uh it has a, a much better soundtrack than Assassin's Creed Valhalla and uh, it's it's um this new new small release, some of you uh, may have heard of it, uh called um Halo Co Combat Evolved. Hmm. Sounds like a Doom clone to me. Oof. Uh, but yeah, I've uh, since I have the uh, Game Pass, I've been giving it a shot. I haven't been playing it too much. It's been on and off because, uh, in my opinion, the the level design hasn't aged particularly well, at least for PC shooters. Um, but it's it's fun, and 
the soundtrack is obviously a highlight. I don't think I need to say much about it. Everything well, we've already talked about it a little bit before, and yeah, for good everything, reason. Everything that could be said about it pretty much has already been said in, on the internet. It's it's great, and uh, I I love that they went for more uh, classical music and folk sounds uh, in a sci-fi shooter. It's an unexpected way to go, but it works really well. I mean, um, unexpected, I kind of disagree, because the term space opera exists. Fair. Fair. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, very good. It's not something you usually listen to, uh, when you're playing these, uh, these games, with the occasional exception of Star Wars. Uh, but it works really well. It, uh, especially when it gets more, uh, more Gregorian chant ish. Uh, those chants, uh, they fit. Like, if you were to listen to to that uh, you don't know Halo is the thing and listen to the main theme it sounds like something from a fantasy game but it works really well in Halo yeah um, I, I of course knew the theme I had listened to it before but I hadn't played the game and I didn't know how well it meshed and surprise it meshes really well context so... matters sorry context it... matters yeah it does uh, not that it was bad out of context, but it does uh, does yeah. help you understand. Even if the the uh, messiah imagery around the Master Chief is a bit too on the nose sometimes. Uh, the game you know, starts with you getting from and there's the Gordian playing as you get up. I'm not going to talk about the exemplary kind of space under the mountain, and I'm so forth with the contract. And even though I feel like the level design is a bit too indicative of the way that we both have, why haven't we played this? more modernized. But right now I'm still on Halo 1. I have the Master Chief collection installed, the whole shebang, but I'm still on the first game. So uh, what were you saying? I was uh, putting you on the spot and asking you why we haven't played uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shadows Revenge together since we both have Game Pass. Because I'm a horrible person and I was sick for I think about two weeks and a half. Correct. This excuse won't last forever and you know it. I mean, I do want to play it. Uh, I, have, I have installed it. So hopefully soon. Uh, I remember, uh, I think you shared on Discord, uh, I'm not sure whether it was the main theme or a theme from I think it was the a theme from this game that is made by uh, Ghostface Killer and uh, which other one from the Wu-Tang Clan? Anyway. Two people from the Wu-Tang Clan made uh, a track for retaking because of that load boom. Anyway, two people from the Wu-Tang Clan made uh, a track for this game, and uh, yeah, that's a pretty big flex. That's a really cool track. Going back to something I mentioned earlier, again, rap and hip-hop usually aren't my thing, but that track is really cool. Yeah. So here's uh, hoping the, so yeah. the rest of the game is, is as good, and uh, yeah, they and do we'll have check, big shoes to fill. Yeah, and we'll check that out, because before we record the next episode, we'll have played it. Hopefully. 
Isn't that right? Uh, hopefully. Good. I'm not hoping. I'm threatening. Do you think there's the Atl Atlantic Ocean between us, I guess? Even though I don't doubt your ability to just swim your way back here. Water won't save you forever, Eddie. Oh lord. Anyway, that's it for today. As always, you can check the music discussed on this episode on the playlist in our YouTube channel. And you can always get in touch with us via email on music.rk.podcast at gmail.com or on the Discord link in the episode description. See you next time. See ya. Well, that's the episode done. Uh, let's get out of here. Yeah, good episode. See ya. Okay, okay, I'm I'm here, I'm here, sorry guys, I just got set up in the new hotel, it was a whole process. I'm fine, okay, what are we talking about today, guys? 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 <laughs>